Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Oracle's News Radio. Today is Wednesday, October 6, 2021, and we're going to be talking to the love guru and author, Derek Ward, author of Numerology for Teachers, and we'll be giving you the October 2021 astrology forecast, so you can use that energy in whichever way you like, and we'll talk about that later. I am Renee Thomas, your host of Oracle's News Radio. Follow us and share this podcast with your friends and family on email and social media. We just added it to Facebook, the um, new podcast feature that they have, to our Dream Weaving page. So you can find it there, Oracle's News Radio, on Facebook as well. We're so happy about that. And we will talk about all that Facebook stuff that's going on later. We are a news podcast featuring current events, Oracle and prophetic news, indie music and astrology forecasts that explain the current energy climate within the country and our world. And we're back on Blog Talk, which you already know, but you can catch us on Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most other apps that you use for your podcast. And you can learn more about our parent company at anointedgroup.com. Now, today's podcast, we'll talk about a topic that we don't typically talk about that sexuality, love, and relationships in an adult way. And we have a lot to cover and a lot to chat with you about. And our chat room is open. If you want to make comments, you can do that. We also want to remind you that you can listen to your favorite podcasters and watch awesome movies. I mean, some really good ones on Prime TV using your very own Fire Tablet with HD display. And visit the info box of this podcast for details. There's one that I just watched. It's about Monsters of Man. That is a really good Prime TV movie that you want to catch. Monsters of Man. Very interesting concept. Now, speaking of reaching out to the world, we want to welcome back recent communities all over the world, and we want to add two to the list. We're adding the United Arab Emirates and Morocco in North Africa. We have listeners in Morocco, and we want to welcome back all of you from the following countries, the United States, Mexico, United Kingdom, Germany, Ghana, Brazil, Canada, Belgium, Saudi Arabia, Algeria, New Zealand, Ethiopia, Portugal, Italy, South Africa, Ireland, Kyrgyzstan, Sudan, Thailand, Poland, Sweden, Norway, welcome, Croatia, Australia, and Denmark. We appreciate every last one of you. So follow us. Follow us. So especially follow us on Blog Talk because that way you'll be receiving information when we go live and you don't miss the opportunity to contact us while we are live. Well, we're about to get started. We're going to be talking to Derek Ward. He's the author of Numerology for Teachers. He's also the author of 
children's books. We'll let him give an introduction to himself, and then we'll get right into it. Welcome, Derek Ward. Hello. I'm so glad to be here today. Well, we are very, very glad to have you. I want to give you a little time to introduce yourself, and we'll then get into the topic at hand. All right. Well, I am Derek Ward. I am a author of Numerology for Teachers, um, and because being a teacher myself, um, I wanted to merge my knowledge of teaching with my knowledge of numerology. And numerology, of course, is the um, study of numbers within your personality. And so I, you can learn a lot about your personality through your birthday and also through your name because all names are affiliated with a number. And so I merged those together to understand students better. And that way, teachers, you don't just have to use a test to um, understand your students you can also use their personalities, and it helps with teaching. Once you understand your students, you can teach better, which goes along with um, some of the things we're going to talk about today with understanding who you're with in your relationship. Okay, and for those of you who are new to the concepts of astrology or numerology, these are synchronistic type of concepts where these things kind of work together and after years, actually hundreds of years, thousands of years of observation, since this goes back to Pythagoras and prior, they are used to determine various aspects of personalities in human beings and even in animals, they can possibly be used. So what we're here to, the, and as far as this show is concerned, numerology is a, is a tool but it is not the main concept of what we're going to be talking about, which is relational IQ. And this is the first time I've ever heard of this concept of relational IQ as it relates to love and relationships. So, Derek, let us tell us what you mean by relational IQ. Okay. So we understand that intelligence IQ, it measures your intelligence uh, level of quotient um, and we all have, we have a, a more contemporary um, IQ, which is called emotional IQ, which is uh, it's really synonymous with soft skills in the corporate world. Um, but I wanted to take IQ a little further and we and bring it to the relationships that we are in, in particular our spouses or our significant others. And the gist, or I would say if I had to give it a definition, um, I would say it's the awareness of who you're with, why you're with them, and how can you meet their individual needs. Being aware of the why you're, it's the why that is so important. And, And focusing on that every single day. And once you can focus on the why and not so much the what, and, and we, we, we focus, we, we like to, you know, if our spouse or our and other, you know, they do something to offend us or, or do things we don't like, we're always looking at the what that they're not doing. 
or what they're not doing or what they are doing that that's annoying or bothers us or make us feel sad. But when you have a high relational IQ, you understand the why. And, and it's digging into the why, and then you make a choice. Once you know the why, then you choose to be with this person to help them to better themselves, help them to deal with their deficiencies. And and the most uh, one of the important things about that is talking about love, which goes along with the relational IQ. And when I was looking at love, and I've been dealing with it a lot lately, um, I wanted to go deeper into love. And when I looked at one of the Latin words for love, it was caritas. It's C-A-R-I-T-A-S, caritas. And it's really a meaning of charity. thought about that a minute, and um, I tried to put the two together. Love, which is, we think of kissing, hugging, uh, sitting and watching a, a movie at, on the sofa under a blanket. But we don't look at it as a charity. And so I thought about it. You know, picture a holiday season. You have a, a maybe a Salvation Army guy or maybe somebody standing on the corner with a bucket. And, you you know, you drop a quarter in there. You drop a dollar. You drop $5 in there. Um, that's charity. But the key is when it comes to love and relationships and charity, you are giving an asset, giving of yourself. But guess what? You're not looking for a return on your investment. When we when we drop the five dollars in the bucket, we don't pull out a, a W nine form or something or, or, or some form to get a tax return on it. We're just doing that out of kindness of our heart because it makes us feel good. It's a choice. And so going back to the relation IQ, it's, it's choosing and under, to understand who you're with and to choose to help them with their lives. Even if you don't get a return on your investment, you're doing it because it makes you feel good to do it. Okay. So I can see now that relational IQ is a concept for the very mature mind. And one of the reasons why I say that is because most people go into love right out of leaving their parents' home and they are looking for what will sustain and help and support them. So they're definitely not looking for any charity cases. And so we typically come into love, at least I know I did, very young, usually in high school when we're still with our parents, still in need of nurture, looking for those people that make us feel good, looking for those people that make us feel loved, looking for those people that make us feel supported, we definitely aren't looking for someone to support. So do you think that this is something that can be applied in the young, um, late high school, early college adult phase? It depends on if how you were raised as a child and what you received. and Because a lot of households are taught to, well, let me say this. Some households are taught on, let's say, Thanksgiving to go feed the hungry, um, on Christmas to go do uh, 
charity work or to go give to the poor or those things are taught early. It's not about what am I going to receive, it's what am I giving. Because the purest form of love has nothing to do with receiving, all about giving. Giving is love. It's, so when you're at a level of a high relational IQ, you're going out to meet a person to give this to because it's a gift. Who can I give this to? And that's where the choice comes in. And okay. so once we – Well, go ahead, um, Derek. My apologies. I was just saying, once you choose, then you give. Now, in a perfect scenario, it's re- it, it, you will receive back. But we have to understand that love is not reciprocal. And um, that's a math. I'm a math teacher. Reciprocal means that it, it, you get back the equal amount that you give in. It can't. And the reason why love is not reciprocal is because it can't be measured. So if I could put love on a scale, of course I could put the same amount of love on another side of the scale, and it can be measured. But because it can't be measured, it can't be reciprocal. So, yes, you will have a relationship sometimes that you feel like you give more than you receive. But guess what? The pure joy of the relationship is the giving. And when you get to that point, you're so happy to see their face when you give. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Well, it seems like, you know, as I was listening to you, I was thinking about the book, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. It's a very little book that's very powerful. And I always have a copy of it with me throughout life since I first heard of Khalil Gibran. And one of the things he says in his chapter about love is, and it it plays into what you just said. It says, love gives not but itself and takes not but from itself love possesses not nor would it be possessed for love is sufficient unto love when you love you should not say god is in my heart but rather i am in the heart of god and what you're saying is that that fulfillment that so many people miss out on because they're so afraid to give that they never do understand what love is really all about. They never get the opportunity to be in the heart of God, as Khalil Gibran says, because they never stop looking for what others can do for them. They never understand the power in giving and how much they can get. I, I can't even say I understand it. I can't say that I completely and truly understand the power of giving. So can you talk about that a little bit more as it relates to relational IQ? Yes, I will gladly. Um, and it, whatever walk of life you come from, we are so used to receiving. That's the thing that makes us feel good. Ever since we were one or two years old, we were receiving. That's why the relational IQ, once it's turned on, and you understand. Now, if you're in the Christian world, um, they it said that God is love. And so when you look at it from that perspective, 
you will see that God loves the Christian or people without even asking for anything in return. His love for the person is far greater than what he can ever receive from them, which is why they say God is love. By just taking that little bitty picture, you can see that, yes, it can be, yes, he, it's God, it's, it's an entity, it's, it's a higher force, but you can still take the principle of that. But I'm going to take it a little further and bring it home to earth. When you get a certain age, at if you celebrate a holiday like Christmas or birthdays, when you were five and six and seven years old, you were, it was all about running downstairs and getting the gift. It was, what am I going to receive? That was, your, that, was, that was the immaturity. But when you're 35, 40, or 50, it's like, man, what am I going to give? You're not always – you're not even necessarily looking for what you're going to receive anymore. You're looking – and when you give to that child, see their face, and their – that's the beauty. It. It's almost more beauty in that than when I was five and got the bike or the 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 doll or whatever I received. And so that's what I'm saying. That child who's getting that gift from you, the joy that you feel when you see them run down those steps, it's the same joy as when your spouse really needs you to wash their car, wash the dishes, listen to them, sit down and turn the TV off and just have a conversation. It's the same joy. It's just in a different package. Okay, so when people and I'm I'm speaking about me, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna okay. say people. Maybe I'm the one that needs therapy. I'm thinking about myself when it comes to love, when it comes to giving. I'm understanding that it is something that parents need to teach their young at a very young age about what love really is. And I'm trying to understand what does it feel like when you're operating in giving? For instance, what Khalil Gibran said that you are now, it's no longer God is in my heart, is now I am in the heart of God. That feeling that makes it so good that you just want to keep on giving. Can you describe to me what happened when you first realized that you were feeling that feeling and then what made you even go that far as to want to do it in the first place to even experience it? Yes. Um, consider it like a philanthropist. It's the same feeling. The philanthropist just gives. They have, but you have to have the love in your heart to give. That's a very important thing which means you do have to do work to build the uh, your bank account in your heart. You can't have a negative account in your heart and be and give out love. So it starts with yourself, working on yourself. You got to do the work. You got to take out the shovel, start digging into your past, digging into your childhood, digging into your history and your relationships and seeing the disappointments and the heartache and get through it all and understand that those detrimental moments does not define me. And once I did that, I started getting deposits of love, and it, and it grew and it grew and it grew. And so now, yes, 
in, in my relationship, yes, it's about giving. It's about understanding. And if I have, don't get me wrong, I have my own deficit. And everyone has deficits. But when you understand your partner's deficit and you are focused on it and intentional, keyword, intentional, people with a high relational IQ, they give intentionally. It is not an accident. This is all because one thing we have to remember, love is not only a verb, I mean, not only a noun, the purest form of love is a verb. And so, uh, yes, we've always looked at love as a noun, and love is a verb. So how do you decide because when who you're going to give that to? Because when, you're, when you go into love the wrong way, which is thinking about what you're going to get, you think about what you want, you think about who you want to give it to you, what do you want them to look like, what do you want them to be like. You date and you determine who gives you what you want the most. That's typically how people go into love. So if you're coming into it from the opposite standpoint, that it's about what I give, and you know you can give it to anyone, how do you choose at that point who you will love? Same way you would choose how to give to a um, school or give to the local charity or give to uh, a relief fund. You Sometimes you do research. Sometimes you just see somebody that and it may, and it's just a it does it is some supernatural feeling that you just feel that to give now i want to make one thing clear being a giver and having a relate a high relational iq one thing you cannot have is fear fear meaning oh i'm not going to let them get over on me oh i'm not going to give all this and then they're going to make me look like a fool because you can't look like a fool when you're giving. You can't. Because you're 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 going to another vibration of karma. And just by giving, it, perfect example. You give to a church, the let's say the preacher is stealing all the money and buying jets or hey, I can't be upset that I gave the money cuz I was giving it for a purpose and a cause. I'm raising my vibration now do i want to just knowingly give that knowing that is that the person is misappropriating the funds of course not but you have to have the optimism that what i'm doing i know is right because it works and every time i give i know the feeling that i receive in my heart in a perfect world both parties will have the same mindset and guess what everybody wins everybody wins Imagine that, that your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend has the exact same mindset of a relation IQ where their focus is intentional on helping your life be better because it makes them feel good. Imagine that. This is interesting because as I was um, listening to you, a lot of what you're saying reminds me of Khalil Gibran once again because he even has a chapter in his book The Prophet on giving and it talks about for in truth it is life that gives unto life while you who deem yourself a giver are but a witness so technically you're not giving at all 
according to Khalil Gibran, you're just alive. And by virtue of being alive, you are all you are automatically a giver. Because again, as he says, for in truth, it is life that gives unto life while you who deem yourself a giver are but a witness. So when you when you you're talking about some next level stuff, Derek, (laughs) I don't know if you realize (laughs) that you are talking about some high echelon star seed type of living. Do you think America is ready for this? It is a choice. And but I will say this, that book is you're right. This is not a new concept. This is life. What we have to do is get back to life. What 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 is really happening is our all the trauma the detrimental things, the evil that has come upon us as children in in our middle age years, and we're trying to get back to the purest form of who we are, which was the, which is the giver. So it sounds like, oh man, I can't do that. That sounds crazy. Because well, most of that people have been um, hurt and they have pain, and because of the pain, they just don't want to feel ashamed or feel stupid or feel like somebody's getting over. See, you, we have to, in humanity, get over the fact of somebody getting over on us. You can't get over on a person because you don't live. We That's a low vibration. When you're in a high vibration, you understand that the only thing in this world you need to keep is your karma high. The law, the re, knowing that what I give, I you do receive back. Now you may not necessarily receive it back from that person. In a perfect world, you would though. But guess what? You do receive it back from the universe in more ways. You receive it back with peace. You receive it back with joy. Those two things, peace and joy, are priceless. So. You mean to tell me if I just intentionally love somebody and be attentive to them and try to meet their needs and try to understand the why and why they do what they do, you mean to tell me um, I will have peace in my heart and my soul and I will have this un, just this joy that I can't even describe and I don't even know why I'm happy today. I don't even know why. I may not have a lot of money. I may not. Things in my life might not be going well, but for some reason, I'm just full of joy and peace. That's what you get. That's the reward of loving, the reward. Well, do you consider yourself to be a philosopher or someone who is into ethics? Because it seems like in order to grasp a concept like relational IQ, it is so far from our typical culture. How did you grasp this? Where did you get it from? I, I've i always been interested in relationships and with a, a major in love. And I've always tried to understand love. Um, and I, I wanted to separate the butterfly feeling and the 
you know, just feeling good when you're having sex or something. I want to separate that from the real and go deeper into love and, and study this word and try to understand it better from a from a religious perspective, from a natural perspective, from a relationship from a relationship perspective. And once I did that, some of it I don't know it. Um, one thing I say about numerology. Numerology, astrology, uh, tarot, all of these things, all these tools are doors. And I believe they give you, you, once you open the door, those are the doors, but once you open it, you're open to a whole new realm, a whole new dimension. You can see it in your dreams and you see it in, you see life different, whether you're watching a movie, whether you're reading a book, whether you're reading an article, everything looks different once you go through that door. That's when you're raising your vibration. Now, when you're on a high vibration, you think about things and want to make things better. And so when I see relationships, I mean, when I have dated in my life and I've seen so many broken people and with trauma, just trauma, and I just decided, what if we stop the bleeding? What if we can create a new generation starting from one and two years old where instead of always receiving, 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 we are giving. And I will say one thing, and in in some communities, you know, I'm African-American. In our community, sometimes it's a lot about uh, what can I receive. Um, And it's not just ours, but a lot of times I see that and when you're on a dating site or when you're, you know, interviewing somebody on the phone, like trying to get to know them better, you have this checklist of things that, okay, what can they do financially for me? What can they do sexually for me? Well, how do they look in my eyes? And how did, but we never have the other sheet of paper that says, Hmm, what can I do for them? Would I be a good husband? Would I be a good wife? Can I cook? Can I, can I listen do I want to be committed to them? Can I have one person and not three? Uh, when they need to talk to me but the game is on, can I turn it off? See, that's, we don't have a list for ourselves. See, that, <laughs> that's the big mystery. Where is our list? That is so true. Um, now, you talked about sexuality a couple of times. It came out. And I want to talk to you about the role of sex because some people, and I'm just going to say it. Uh, let me see. How should I put this? You can call sex animalistic from an external standpoint or a physical standpoint. You can call it spiritual from an internal standpoint when you're talking about the astral body because we have two bodies. We have our biobot, which is our physical body. We have our astral body, which lives inside the biobot. Now, when you're talking about sex, a lot of people, if they don't like the sex, they won't marry the person. They won't even get in a relationship with them. The first thing they want to do is they want to know, is the sex going to be good between me and this person? What is your take on how that fits into relational IQ? Well, that's a great question, Renee. Now, once your vibration is high enough, and you understand the giving. Remember, part of the whole thing of relational IQ is the why. So 
if your partner, if you all have an intimate moment and your partner's not satisfied or, or what, and it's not the what they're not satisfied with, it's the why they're not satisfied. We, we have to tackle the why. Now, most times it's going to come down to something in childhood, teenage years, uh, college years, something, disappointments something is going to be the, the catalyst for that. Because let's keep this thing real. This body, this temple that we live in, this body is pure. It's in its purest state. The vagina and the penis are perfectly designed to connect. Now, and I'm not speaking just from gender and all that, but I just want to say that sex in itself is beautiful, it's powerful, it, 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 it creates so much energy. When things are off, it's typically a reason. Now, it could be there's no emotional connection. It could be trauma. It could be that person is doubtful. It could be lots of things. Some people were brought up um, in church. A lot of people, you know, that was a sin. So think about this. If, if, if sex is a sin until you say your nuptials, then that means all these years you're not married, you're sinning. Now, whether you ignore it, whether you try to deny it, it's still in your subconscious is wrong, bad. Mm-hmm. So you're building these deposits, deposits. Oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. You have this gigantic bank of wrong, but now you get married. So now you got to try to get all that out of your bank. <laughs> That's hard. So it's the origin of sexuality that is why a lot of people have issues with their partner. Um, then some people on the other end, because of, masturbation, because of pornography, because they were introduced to sex at a before they were mentally mature or ready. Now they're on the other end where they can't do without it, where everything's connected to that. And I just need the feeling of release. And that's not love. That's just a temporary feeling. And that can be border. I, I don't know if there's an addiction. I, I would never say I mean, I don't, you know, sexual addiction, I think that's a very kind of tricky thing. But I will say that you have to be aware of the why. So if I need sex eight, nine times a week, and my partner and my spouse just can't handle that, my relational IQ knows my partner. And you, And that's where we go back to that word, choice. I you have to choose, okay? Because really, at one point in your life, you're gonna be old. You know, y'all grow old together. You're 65, 70 years old. I mean, when it's just about that, it's gonna decline. Health comes into play, all kinds of things. And so, I would say to the person who, you know, that's something that they're struggling with or whatever. Um, find out the why. Deal with the why. Deal with the why, and okay, once so you deal with the why, mm-hmm. let's let's say you you know why. Let's say you're with a partner. The partner was introduced to sex 
at least one of those reasons they were introduced to sex too early. They just happen to be greedy or what have you. They love sex all the time. They're, they've been with a bunch of different partners. They maybe not, are not even able to be um, faithful. And you're, you're practicing relational IQ. And so you're on this other level and you have this partner that's on a very base level. Can you save that partner? Or are there some people that should just kind of take themselves out of the game until they get the help that they need? Okay, let's take the person. Okay, so let's take the person with the high relation IQ, and they're dealing with somebody who they know because they're so aware. They made a choice to be with a person whose IQ is not as high. They know it. And how do you know it? Because you know that person isn't living intentional to, you know. Now, your choice as the person with the relational IQ that's high is, am I going to invest? my time, my talent, and all of myself into this person? No. If the answer is yes, <laughs> it but, here's the, but here's the thing. If the answer is yes, then you, you already go into it knowing. It's like mm-hmm. a car. You're buying a car. You already know. You hear the knock. You hear it. But you like this car. It's a choice. So a lot of people say no. Okay, well, then that's your choice. But you can't ever go into a relationship believing that you guys will be equal on either level. Now, if somebody is constantly cheating, abusing you, or things like that, yes, now you, as a person with a relational IQ that's high, would not – most people with a relational IQ that's high, they're not going to be in something that's abusive to them because they already went to another level, and they know themselves. Because remember, we talked, you've got to be your own work before you can um, give to others. So because I know myself, I know what um, I know what hurts me. I've done the work. I've gotten rid of those things that have hurt me. I've, I've unpacked all the baggage and the luggage. I still deal with it, but I know what it is. So when I see a person harming me, when I see a person who doesn't do anything that lives with intention to even try to better my life, then, of course, it would be the most intelligent thing to do is, is to walk on, move on. Because unless you that unless you really feel like this is the person that you want to try to help for the rest of your life, but always remember, you will get. You're always going to get back a reward for giving. You may not get back it in the way you think. The joy will always be there because the reward, the karma of the universe. How much greater reward is that? I mean, can it get any better? And I want to say something to the listeners. Um, as we talk about this, sit it inside of universal law. Sit it inside of universal law. And what I mean by that is you are going to have that internal voice that's inside of you telling you when to go and when to come. You have to continue to listen to that. You also need to understand that you are not supposed to cast your pearls to swine. That's not just Bible. That's universal law, meaning you've got to understand you are the sum total of those you hang around. 
if you know that somebody understands what you're trying to do and they're not even attempting to give you what they are supposed to give you and there's there's been enough that has happened, therapy, talking, things of that nature, where they have a good understanding of where you are coming from and they just choose to play with you, that just, this doesn't mean you have to stay in those relationships and be hurt and be demeaned. It means that you, we are talking about in typical situations, typical, typically most people are internally good. And most people are not going to try to take advantage of you. And most people who are ready for love and want love, they want to give love. So we're sitting this concept of relational IQ, or at least I am, sitting this concept in the midst of my own set of universal rules. So a lot of times you tell people things like this and then they take it the wrong way, like they do religion. Well, that this means I've got to sacrifice my soul and sacrifice my life and all that. And that's not what we're talking about. We're sitting this thing called relational IQ in the midst of good common sense. Correct. And it, if it doesn't feel good to give, then you're giving to the wrong source. And, and and it's like it's just like charity. We don't give to every charity choice. You're not wrong for not giving to a charity. You get to choose the charity that you give. You get to choose. So we can't feel bad for walking away from a relationship that we don't feel good about giving our charity to. It's okay. Because it's supposed to feel good. It's supposed to feel good. Well, we want to thank you, Mr. Ward, for coming in. It has been really, really wonderful to hear what you had to say. A lot that I need to mull over and chew over and think of it about. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing? Oh, uh, no. Just, um, oh, I would like to say just um, support. Um, if you'd like to support my book, um, Numerology for Teachers, it's on Amazon.com. Um, and I would love for you all to read it and get more in tune with numerology. And also, let's try to change our focus from receiving to giving and see what difference it's going to make when you wake up in the morning. Okay. And um, one thing I want to tell the audience is, on Amazon, Numerology for Teachers is by DJ Ward. He's using his initials there, DJ Ward. We will have a link in the information box to this. And on that note, we want to thank you for your time, Mr. Ward. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Anytime. All right, audience, it's time for our astrology forecast for October. And um, one of the things I want to say, I need to give my caveat before I talk about astrology. I need to give our caveat. Astrology, tarot, any of the occult tools or the spiritual tools, astral tools that we use that are based on universal law and laws of synchronicity, they come with your own ability to grasp, to hold, to take to let go, to give away. 
it's almost like you have this vehicle and these tools help to give you turbo boost or they take away from your turbo. So they help you to know when to go and when to stay, when to come and when to to let go or not not go. So this is about an energy forecast. Do you do you wear your raincoat? Do you use an umbrella? This is not to say this particular thing will happen to you. You just need to make sure that you operate and live with intention. And if you live with intention with regard to the energies of astrology, you will find that your life will change. You will find that your life will change. So as we talk about the astrology forecast, we want to deal with you being ready for love. Um, we suspect that there's another baby boom that's going to be coming, and right now is the time where you're going to realize that this is coming up as a result of what you are doing right now. It's coming up as a result of what you are doing right now. We look at the wheel of time the will of occurrences, which I call the natal will. And if you've been pretty free-loving, you may feel the need to pull back. You may question your desire for a traditional relationship. However, don't make hard and fast moves until you really know what you want because we're in a lot of retrogrades right now. A lot of people may be looking, pulling back from what they had originally gone into headstrong and when there are a lot of retrogrades, specifically Mercury retrogrades and other retrogrades that are connecting with each other, it may not be the time to leave a relationship. You may just be feeling the pull of energy. So put your thoughts and your feelings on hold until the end of this year, the end of 2021. Keep a love journal. You can keep a relational IQ journal about what, you, what you're learning which includes your personal thoughts about relationships, about what you're giving, about what you want to get out of it, and then read over it for the new year. Because in this season, there's a lot of different high psychic connections, and you have to make sure that your thoughts are your own. You have to make sure you're not picking up on somebody else's thoughts. Now, speaking of your own personal thoughts, I have an astro question that some of you will need to delve into in October, and it's simply, why do you want to confess? Why do you want to confess? You know, so many people, they feel this need to confess their faults. They feel this need to, they've, they've changed, they're, they're done with how they used to be, and they just still have this need to confess. Well, will your confession help you or somebody else? Or is it is it just you feeling guilty? Now, if you're constantly feeling guilty about something that you've done and you know you've changed, you know you won't do it again, but you just can't forgive yourself, that's unhealthy. So you don't need to confess because you feel guilty and you don't forgive yourself, you need to forgive yourself because you know you are a different person. And if you don't ever confess, 
and you are not hurting anyone by not confessing, perhaps it's time to ease up on yourself. Now, I know that what I'm saying is very controversial. All over television, you're hearing confession, confession. Even the Bible says confess your faults one to another. But the Bible doesn't say confess it to the person you hurt, not necessarily. You're usually confessing to a priest. But there's also some some spiritual teaching about throwing things away into a sea of forgetfulness, coming up with what's called sin um, amnesia. So you won't keep playing over and over again what you've done to other people. You don't play over and over again what people have done to you. It's time to forgive and forget, and that includes forgiving yourself, and yes, we are doing our October forecast. So take up a hobby to get your mind off of these things for a month or two. Stop watching so much TV where the good guys always win because they don't unless you see yourself as the good guy. I mean, so keep in mind that, again, what I'm saying is somewhat controversial to other people because a lot of people are like, well, I'm a victim and or something happened to my child or something happened to my my daughter or my son or what have you and and they never we never caught the person and I feel like I never got closure is that truly how you get closure think about it okay now what do we do with all these retrogrades it's about what it means old souls being born when there are a lot of retrogrades a lot of smart babies that come out with their eyes wide open intense introspection about who you are and why you feel and think the way you do, which is something you should do from time to time as you grow and you shouldn't make decisions during that time. Just think and mull over it. And then rethinking what you want to do for a living or in your career. And with Neptune retrograde in Pisces, it's not a bad time to think through your 2022 plan because the year will lightly start off with a bang when Jupiter enters zero degrees of Pisces. And the first quarter of 2022 is going to put the family at risk favoring the larger collective. So it's kind of like you're going to feel like, you know what? I've been I've been doing this for a long time and taking care of these people, but I need to go take care of the people, the children in Africa. I need to go to Haiti. I need to go to South America. I need to go to the slums of America. I need to you may feel a bigger call. So expect that in this retrograde season, but make your plan in the fourth quarter of 2021 so that you don't leave people reeling and confused. Now, it's time to be strong. And I, I find that when constellations are not encumbered by aspects and transits to other planets and asteroids, they have a tendency to just be loose, wild and loose. It's kind of like a child being out there with no parents. And basically, this means they are more potent in their manifestation in your life. For this reason, expect to be a bit bolder and stronger in October and prepare to dare to be different as almost higher southern hemisphere of the astral plane is free, almost all of it. And this could have a bearing geographically as well where we start finding that in the southern hemisphere of the earth 
things are just wild and loose, as well as indicating northern states and countries experiencing more challenges than those below the equator. So take that best friend's dare. It's now or never, or at least not a good long time to refrain from doing things that you want to do. Now, there's a news report out there that a Moderna administrator, a Moderna being one of the makers of the mRNA vaccine, believes that the pandemic will be over in about a year. And this was reported on Forbes, MSN, Reuters, Fox Business, and some other places. But it could, he could be proved to be correct, but it's not necessarily over yet. And based on the the looks of the astral chart in the summer of 2022, there's going to be a baby boom, which means that a lot of you are going to be getting pregnant now. Right now, Amazon's top selling baby items are wipes and newborn swaddlers. Wipes and newborn swaddlers. Yes. You're going to see a lot of pregnant women. Be careful if you don't want to get pregnant and you are of the age to be pregnant and there's nothing stopping you from being pregnant. Use a couple of different forms of contraception. Use the spermicide and use the condom. Use the ring and the condom. You have to put a couple of things together because when Earth releases her mist of fertility, it's difficult for people to overcome that kind of power and whether or not everything that man or woman says to you is true, the baby comes anyway. And with Lilith retrograde and Gemini at the end of the month, keeping a lot of people from the abortion clinic. And she's also going to be pushing a lot of people to make rules that may affect you at the time where you would have an abortion. And I have peeked over again into summer 2022 and it will be ripe for overcrowded maternity wards next year. So that is the forecast. I want you to keep that in mind. We hope that you enjoyed our forecast and our podcast today. It completes our show. We want to thank you from whichever podcast platform you're enjoying around the world. Remember to visit us at anointedgroup.com. Follow our podcast. Follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Oracle's News Radio, on Blog Talk Radio so that you can receive emails when we're going on live and we can even have you call us and you can talk to us because we talk about a lot of important and interesting things. We are so glad that you listened. We want you to share our podcast with someone else who enjoys learning about important new things because if you do, you can both rest assured that you will enjoy the facts and nothing but. Until next time.